Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guests. Why don't you introduce us to yourself? Hi, my name is Michael, and I used to be a Pentecostal Christian, evangelical, as some may know it by. It's great to have you here today. And what made you want to leave the Pentecostal religion? It was something that I left quite a number of years ago. The reason I left had to do with a number of things, mostly inconsistencies in the teachings and in the treatment of my family from the religion. So how do you feel that they mistreat people, not just referring to your family, but in general? Well, anybody who knows about uh, evangelicalism will know about the patriarchal setup, the way things run, the way they preach about women being subservient to men and a lot of intolerance. It's pretty out there these days. Definitely. And now, were there any other factors that led you wanting to leave or was that basically it? So I wouldn't say that was it. There was one specific instance when my mother decided that when I was about 16 or 17, she was going to leave the church we were attending. And we were attending a meeting at the pastor's house. And they sat my mother, myself and my brother down and basically went on a whole long rant tirade about how she was a bad mother because she was a single mother, about how my brother and I would never grow up to be anything because there was no man in in our lives. It was quite the experience. It was just an hour, our pastor and the wife, people that my mom looked up to and confided in and just berating our family. That was a breaking point. Oh, that was the starting point. That was kind of the initial inspiration. I kind of continued to attend church services. I continued to be involved. At a younger age, I had been a missionary. And so I was deeply into it. But that kind of started it. And after that, as I started to pull away, I started to look into the history of the church and the history of popular religions and how they came about. And reading about that stuff was really what kind of cemented my decision that this wasn't for me. Even though it was still along a process that took many, many years, even until later in life when I was about to get married, I would still attend vocational services with my wife and stuff, who is not, was in no means had anything to do with the religion. But I would do that. It was specifically reading about the history of Mormonism that really opened my eyes to some of the inconsistencies of how these religions get so popular and how they treat what they view as lesser people. And that's, like I said, that's really what cemented me walking away from all of it. So now, how was growing up as a teen for you with purity culture? Oh, man, it was a nightmare. I attended 
Wednesday night uh, youth group meetings at a large church. And this was the height of purity culture. This was the mid to late 90s when they were really pushing the two love weights campaigns and they were really pushing the promise rings, things like that. That's something to this day that I still think about a lot. And even being a grown man, married, it's still, those things still creep into my thoughts. As a teenager, it was really rough because the shame and the guilt that they use to push this message of this is not what God wants. And if you do these sinful acts, you should be ashamed of yourself. So it made me very shy. It just reinforced these feelings that every teenager has of being guilty about who they are and who they're growing into. And purity culture just builds on that. And like I said, even to this day, sometimes that shame and that guilt, you know, it it creeps back into my mind even 20 years later. Yeah, it's always refreshing to hear different perspectives on how purity culture harmed people. And now, or what are some ways your life's been better since you've left? Oh, numerous ways. You know, I don't have to, after leaving and starting to explore more and talk to people who are no longer religious, a lot of XMOs, a lot of XJWs, and, you know, yet those people that are deconstructing it's a pretty common thing that the guilt and the shame that is ingrained to you at such a young age, formative age, breaking away from that is is the biggest thing. Like, it, the best thing I did was learn how to get away from that shame, get away from that guilt, and just be okay with who I am, to know that I don't have to feel bad about what I do on a daily basis. I was lucky enough to meet my wonderful wife who helped me with that, who helped show me that I'm a worthwhile person. You know, that's, you know, I've formed better adult relationships after walking away. It's not, when I meet somebody now, it's not dependent on, oh, well, you share this belief, do you share that belief? It's, we can just be people. (laughs) And now do you feel like you are able to be more accepting and less judgmental people now that you don't go to church? Oh, most definitely. I, I, now that I don't go to church, you know, you don't, I don't, most definitely. I, in the years since then, I've got really into reading about and talking with people about just humanism and more accepting person. The foundations of some of those beliefs, when I think about it, did help build who I am in the sense that I think of Jesus as a great philosopher and those teachings of love one another, the least of them, those kind of teachings, you know, Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount, like those things still help shape my worldview but just not in the framework of the church, not in the framework of the patriarchal formation that, you know, that the modern day evangelical and Pentecostal church gives them. A lot of that stuff, in my view, has been contorted and twisted and 
I still use those as a foundation for my humanist beliefs and my human, my humanist thoughts. And leaving it, walking away, it allows me to question things and to look at for answers for myself. You know, I was grown up, everything you believed had to be based in the Bible and these Christian Pentecostal teachings, and you were never allowed to question anything. And that's the biggest thing for me. I've always been an avid reader, and I've always been, you know, tried to improve my intellect and study and learn more and grow every day. And not having the church there in the background, not attending these services, having these messages of not questioning things, no longer is able to, no, is no longer stunting my ability to question and think and to learn. And I believe that has allowed me to be a more understanding, accepting person. I went to Christian school my whole life. I went to a Lutheran high school. It was a all-consuming of part of my life. And lots of teachings about how God doesn't like this, God doesn't like that, God doesn't care for homosexuals, God doesn't like, you know, God has this role for women. Things that just in my mind, weren't right then. I was able to look into why are they taught these ways? What are the opposing viewpoints of people who don't believe this thing? It allowed me to grow more and just be more accepting of the people around me, learn how to love and empathize with just your, just the everyday person I meet, my coworkers, everyone. So now how was it for you attending Christian school growing up? It was really all that I knew. I started attending a Christian school about the fifth grade. In the fifth grade, shortly after my parents divorced and we moved, my mother moved with my brother and I across the country. So it was really a lot of what I knew for, for my whole life. I attended the same school as my pastor's son and their kids and you know, it was a lot of times, in a lot of senses, it was just your regular school, just on a smaller scale. And you had to, except you had the Bible class every day or a couple times a week. And then in high school, going to a Lutheran high school, same thing. The only big difference was we had Monday morning assemblies where they gave some sort of talk about some biblical-based teaching or whatever. So those are pretty standard. I think one of the glaring, the only big glaring difference for me had less to do with actual religion and more to do with where my family stood on a social economic area where we were a poor family. I was a poor kid and private schools are expensive. And most of the kids who went there, their parents were well off. So that was really only the biggest difference for me. Other than that, it was pretty typical high school. I just wasn't sure. I know some can be backwards in what they teach. Like they are not up to like current standards on like science and all that. So I just wasn't sure if you noticed that when you were there. So that makes sense. Yeah, I mean... I, I get that. It, mine wasn't so much like that. We did get, like, scientific-wise, we did get teachings on, like, young Earth creationism and stuff. 
we were always taught that the world was 6,000 years old or whatever they talk about these days. But for the most part, mine was actually, I wouldn't say it was secular, but it was pretty tame compared to a lot of those schools. That's good. Yeah, I just know that I couldn't stand the thought to go, This granted this is for college, but I couldn't stand the thought to go to BYU. So yeah, whenever I talked to someone who went to like Christian high school or stuff, I'm like, oh, how was that for you? So obviously, you know, sometimes people don't have a choice. Yeah, for me, it was less about the teachings. I mean, my schools, like I said, were pretty tame. You get your pretty standard teachings. Like I said, the only big difference was science-wise, there's a lot of young earth creation teachings. And history was a lot of just glazing over things. I've always been a history nerd. So histories were, was always my favorite classes and stuff. Little at the time did I realize how much I was not being taught, especially from a religious standpoint, the things that they tend to just glide past blew my mind afterwards once I started to really learn about them. And now what are three things you enjoy doing now that you didn't get to do before? Oh, you know, there's, I could name three things that I enjoy doing now, but there's not a lot I wasn't allowed to do. Church was always my thing. It was always like the family thing. That's always what we did. My mom really tried to instill that these foundations, these tenets of biblical life or whatever you want to call it. But being a single mother, she worked a lot. I just did whatever I wanted then. So it didn't really change. There's not a lot that I can, that I do now that I couldn't do then. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. And now what are three tips you have for people who are looking to leave a high demand religion or cult? Talk to the number one is always is talk to those who have left. No one can relate to you better than somebody who's been through what you've been through. That's one of the things that helped me the most in my early twenties with the, you know, early in the early two thousands and my early twenties with the rise of the internet being able to go online and read forums and stuff about people who left this religion or that helped a lot. Another one would be whatever questions you have, find the, always find the opposing viewpoint. You know, one of thinking critically is a two way street in that you have the road that you're going down with the thoughts and questions and doubts you might have. There's somebody coming the other way, who's already been there, who's talked about it, wrote about it. So if you have questions about things, seek out those answers, but also seek out the opposing viewpoint. And I guess the third thing would be know that you're not the only one who's gone through it. You're not the only one who's going through it. There's always going to be somebody to talk to. There's always going to be somebody who's written about it or spoke about it. You're not alone. Any shame, guilt that you have, somebody's gone through it. 
you're never going to be alone. It can be very detrimental. It can, you know, there's people who talk about leaving certain religions or cults. They talk about it as in kind of breaking their personality sometimes. And, and it can be like that and it can feel that way. It, parts of it felt that way for me. But knowing that there's, I'm not the only one who's walked away. You're not the only one who's walking away, who has these questions or has these doubts can be very comforting. Definitely. And now is there anything else you'd like to add today before we wrap up? Yeah, it can be hard. It can be really hard. You know, like I said, I was pretty into it. It was, like I said, it was a Pentecostal evangelical church. So speaking in tongues, there was a lot of, you know, prophetizing, things like that. I was a missionary for a while, traveling to Bolivia and stuff like that. So it was a pretty big part of my life, but it's it wasn't the only part. And yeah, there's, I feel, sorry, I, I feel like I'm not prepared enough here. <laughs> No, you're just fine. Since I walked away, I spend a lot of my time reading and studying about like religions and cults and it's a social, kind of a social humanist thing that like I do a lot of, especially these days with the rise of conspiracy and these weird kind of religious things in our normal society. So, you know, it, it did for me in that way. It made me super curious about that kind of stuff and super curious about church history and reading about early Christianity and stuff. But yeah, I, yeah. So where you have been studying all these different religions, do you see a lot of similarities between all the evangelical Christian sects? Oh, very much so. They all fit into the same format. It's pretty easy to build your religion or your faith or your cult or what have you on the same principles, the same formats. You know, the parallels between early Mormonism and early Christianity are, you know, you can tell the early Mormon church fathers took a cue from the early Christian church fathers in their writings and in their teachings, the magical thinking and things like that are the most common theme through everything, you know, be vague and be opaque and you, you can get, you can hook a lot of people with the same tenets and the same kind of fishing rod, so to speak, as you look at it. Um, you know, we could, you can see a lot of it in even things like Scientology, where early on they hook you with these plague, these vague us versus them mentality. That's the biggest strain. The, the one thing is with all that I found with all religions and all my studies of all, you know, of cults and everything is number one, it's always us for them, us versus them. Those who aren't in your little in-group are against you. They're the ones that are lying to you, and we always have the truth. You know, 
you can you can see it all over and unfortunately that's led to some pretty pretty bad results throughout the years but yeah it's they all have similar kind of building blocks and tenets if you really look into it well it's been great having you on today thank you for coming on and have a great day sure thing thank you annie thanks again for joining us today as always i want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend corporate design solutions who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality if anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info please email michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com